Tekken colon Bloodline released August 18th, 2022. Another Netflix video game miniseries. Nick's favorite. Oh, is it? Is, yes. <laughs> is it my favorite? Oh, wow. yes. I was just focusing on if you've got blood in your colon you really need to, to see a doctor that that's that's a big issue that you've brought up here on this podcast today yes everyone needs to get a regular prostate exam uh, yeah i'm dill Aveto. i'm nick nundall md <laughs> and this is attract mode Tekken, Nick. Before we talk about Tekken, there's this other very important topic we need to discuss. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, for those listening, we are in a world in a world. In a world. We, are in a, we are in a world where we now know what Chris Pratt will sound like in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. And it turns out we were always in that world. <laughs> we we have always been in a world where we knew exactly what Chris Pratt would sound like as Mario. It's so they dropped the trailer, the very first trailer. They had a whole Nintendo Direct for it for the mm-hmm. Super Mario Brothers movie, which is the full name, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Um, and uh, yeah, so I guess top top of top of the line or not top of the line what is <laughs> top, top of the, of the line acting. yes yes best quality uh above board no top of the page like first first impressions everyone want to know what that voice sound like mm-hmm. like you said nick just kind of sounds like chris just pratt kind of yeah i mean we we all heard it probably by now everybody who cares has at least and you know there is a little bit of he's doing something right he's he's putting a little bronx or brooklyn rather on it um but it is it is so light and so ineffectual at making any kind of like endearing character choice and it doesn't exist unless he's like at the height of excitement when he's like mushroom kingdom here we come that that is the most you get out of it. But when he's just talking, he's like, what is this place? It's just straight up Chris Pratt. No no accent, no voice, no character, nothing. It's it's very bizarre. With the Italian-American, like New Yorker affectation, uh, mm. someone compared the voice to Linda Belcher from Bob's <laughs> Burgers. It's perfect. Which I, can, I can't not hear that now. It's yeah. it's just yeah. kind of stuck. My my brain is stuck in that mode now, which is why the voice. I don't know. I mean, like we hear so little of his voice in this trailer that I'm I am okay with reserving judgment. I'm also okay sure, with everyone being frustrated or whatever. Like it's not like Chris Pratt is desperate for a paycheck. It's not like he needs these gigs. Like he's mm-hmm. he's got so many other sought after roles that he or, is or just the the residuals he's getting off of guardians and everything else like he's Lego movie be set things for like life. that yeah. yeah yeah um so whatever i think 
I think everyone else is also in agreement that Jack Black. Fantastic. Doing a fantastic job as Bowser. Nailed it so well. It's there's there's like a rich character that is not just Bowser, right? It's not just like, but it, it it's Jack Black doing Bowser in exactly the way you want it. Like, it's so yes. good. And even King and Michael Key doing Toad was a surprise because it sounds like video game Toad with its own, you know, like it's it's a it's a twist on what we've heard before. It's not that shrill like, but it is like a it is. It doesn't sound like Keegan Michael Key. Yeah. Uh, Right. It sounds like he's being a voice actor instead of. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if there's any pitch changing on it. It feels like it is probably like in post pitched up or whatever. But, you know, that's fine if it does something right. It makes it unique. What we get from Pratt is (laughs) is everything we've had from Pratt before. Well, it's also funny because I feel like the 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 Mario Brothers of this because you also like barely get any audio from Charlie Day as Luigi at the very end of this trailer, but that also sounds very much just like Charlie Day or you know very similar to Charlie Day as Charlie Day. Yeah, um, which I I always kind of expected would be the case with him too. Like right. yeah, it's a distinct voice and I think it fits for Luigi. It's just funny that the Mario Brothers of this movie are like just the voices of those actors. Yeah. Um. But I think both of those. Well, I mean, Charlie Day more so than than Chris Pratt. But I mean, both of them were in Lego Movie, and I think Charlie Day as Benny the astronaut. I think like you don't immediately go, "Oh, that's Charlie Day." Though that was maybe before I fully knew who Charlie Day was. Sure. Um. But yeah, I think if anything, it it makes me confident that this movie will at the very least be okay <laughs> i mean <laughs> i i don't know I, I i think visually it looks great so even though there are some weird things like it i think mario's design is very off-putting the way he moves <laughs> i swear is a guy in a mascot suit like mm-hmm. that's a weird thing to express about a, a cg character but it feels like someone is in an oversized suit so that their like skeletal structure is deeper inside than it should be. I, I I don't know how to explain that any better. Or it's kind of like um you remember that video that went around on the internet years ago of like the toddler doing kung fu? No, I'm not uh, off the top of my head. It, it's like a baby in a backyard wearing like a uh uh kill bill uh okay. Bruce Lee yellow and sure. black striped jumpsuit. jumpsuit. Yeah. And then they like they're like tumbling around and then they pick up like some nunchucks and they start just like, you know, going crazy with the nunchucks and doing kicks and stuff. And uh, that is just a guy like a full size person in a baby suit, but like mapped to a CG baby overlay or something like that. Got so, it. So um, it, it 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 looks like off. Right. Because you're like, well, babies don't have the, that kind of muscle control or those kinds right. of like. Or those um, proportions, like limb proportions are different for... Exactly. And this just makes me think of that. It feels like man in a puffy suit instead of mm-hmm. tiny man. Well, you want to talk about puffy. That Mario's face, he's got some like... Uh, like uh, uh, He's got a bad allergic reaction to something or he... Yeah. There, there's something wrong with his face where it's just like so much more bulbous than it normally mm-hmm. is in the video games. And that's that's really the part that throws me off the most it's funny yeah i mean we're all gonna have our own i guess specific demands and you know mm-hmm. they were never gonna meet everyone's demands on it well but, not uh, until i start my change.org petition to <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> right. Yeah. Everybody's saying we did it with Sonic. We can do it here. Um, but but it's funny because you're like, oh, at least it won't be bad. I think it still has a very high potential of being bad. Like the bad for me, but I'm not the target demo either. Like younger kids are the target demo, and it'll, I think it'll be great for them. I think it'll be you know absolutely serviceable to that audience and bearable for me, I guess. But but I'm not looking forward to this movie based on that trailer. Mm. I am I am obligated to watch this movie and will. Yeah. Yes. Out of the 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 demons pact you have made, the devil's bargain. Yeah, but I, I also feel like if it is just fine, if it is like good for kids and fine for adults, there's going to be very little to even harp on with it, right? Like it's not going to mm. it's not going to be interesting to talk about. It's just going to be like, yeah, it was okay, and that that's worse in some ways. I'd almost rather it would be a terrible movie <laughs> so I could have more fun talking about it. Yeah, this podcast is all about finding the train wrecks and Yeah, yeah, that's the ideal. <laughs> and and analyzing them. Um Yeah. Speaking I, of train I, wrecks, I, let's talk about Tekken. Yeah, yeah Tekken. <laughs> or as uh as Vin Diesel likes to call it, Tekken, or oh. however he, he butchered the mispronunciation and whatever. I think it was a game awards one year. He went up on stage Tekin. with uh Michelle Rodriguez to announce hmm. some shitty Fast and Furious tie-in video game, and they were talking about, oh, we'd love playing Tekken. I'm like, catch sure it. you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Tekken. Tekken colon bloodline. Singular. I kept calling colon it bloodline. Colon blood. Colon. Uh, yeah, please. Uh, see your PCP as soon as you can. Um, all right. So this is the first Tekken we've seen since that 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 first one we 94 saw 94 right? animated movie i think something like that which has been maybe it's 98 i don't know <laughs> i can't remember might as well have been eons for us at this mm-hmm. point because that was that was that was a while ago that was in the before times as okay, uh, 97 i said several years that were not correct <laughs> <laughs> it was in the 90s but but for us we saw it back in 2019 or something i can't remember yeah, yeah. um so we have this new one now uh that netflix help uh put out on their platform um it is a mini series question mark i don't think they're gonna make a sequel to this this definitely seems like a set it and forget it kind of but here's the thing about that is i mean there's enough there's enough groundwork right for future stuff i mean for example they introduce a character in this who in the games isn't introduced until the seventh game and they didn't really finalize his story in this, right? He had a reason for being there. He wasn't yeah. just dropped, but it definitely implies that there's more story to tell with him and various other characters. So I wouldn't be surprised if the the writers at least want to see this become an ongoing series. And it looks like it's cheap to make. And that yes. is a big selling point for Netflix. Netflix yeah. hates things that are expensive to make <laughs> and loves regurgitating cheap crap. Mm-hmm. So un- unscripted stuff that's relatively cheap and they love, I mean, they don't really love animation given how they've shit canned all of their, right. That, their so th- yeah, I mean, efforts. it's still in question for sure, whether it could survive through that, but it, it looks really cheap. Um, yeah. Um, the animation style I would liken to something like, uh, the dragon prince. If you've seen that show yeah. on Netflix, um, which I don't know if this is the same animation studio or anything, but it is uh, cell shaded 3D that sometimes 
effectively looks 2D, and I don't know if they're actually doing like actual 2D animation in those shots, or they've just given those shots I think, more polish. Yeah, I think it's more polish on the close-ups, and w- when it's close-up, you just don't see the shape anyway. So, like, I, I don't know. I I was never fooled into thinking this was 2D animation, although I I'm not an expert either. Certainly, so it could I could easily be wrong. Yeah. Um, um so it remains to be seen like what kind of techniques they're using but, but faux faux 2d 3d cell shaded outlined work you know similar to the dragon prince or other other uh stylistic yeah cartoons like that and it, i don't think it looks awful um for that i i don't like that style in general so like i've already got a bias against it but if it is going to be that kind of faux animation or well faux 2d animation 3d models um thing this is not the worst i've seen except as you pointed out and then it like twitched my brain (laughs) the entire time we were watching this three-hour thing um they basically just had like a checkbox for lighting (laughs) and they were like add shadows and the shadow does not map to any facial feature or object it's on it is just this weird triangular pattern where it just everything comes to a point around the center of the person's face um and everything under that is darkened and everything above that is like very bloomy and and light well lit and it's like this doesn't fit contours or pay attention to like brow lines or noses or anything like that it just is what it is and it even at times is completely incongruent with where they're standing there's a part where they're like under an awning you know the awning is is everything outside the awning is clearly in sunlight um Hihachi is like this he looks like he's seven feet tall and there's light coming from the opposite side of him that is not anywhere in the scene because they're using this triangle so like you could see it on one side coming from outside of the awning but under the awning should be all dark so it should have been like a straight line at best yeah Um, it's a technique you see a lot in like um comic strips I'd say yeah. like, okay, we're drawing the same character over and over and we're going to like replicate their, their shadows the same way all the time because like backgrounds are very limited. So, you know, you don't, you don't pay too much attention to like how lighting is affecting stuff, um, yeah. which works in, in that kind of context. But like you said, it doesn't really work here. I only picked up on it because I already made the image for this episode and it's uh. very prominent in that screenshot and as i'm doing the editing to work in the our house style the attract mode house style Mm -hmm. uh it was it was very apparent so if you look at the the picture for this for this episode you'll see it you'll see it there yeah perfect it's it's so obnoxious because it is so blatantly like effortless it is literally somebody wrote some kind of script or something to apply this light to everything and it it does not matter what the scene is or or whose face it is it just is there. Mm. Um, yeah, maybe I wouldn't. I wouldn't assume the technique they use to to apply it, but yeah, it's it's definitely replicated everywhere, right? It's I'm assuming every, the technique everything because uses it, the same way. I mean, it feels like no human mind was behind it, right? It feels like it was generated light somehow. Like it's mm. it's applied over this thing, you know. Sure. Yeah. If I a person was was drawing this in in any way, they would have it you know fit some kind or or i guess it could be like an intern <laughs> you know like just do this yeah. do this over and over again for every character and every scene yeah. and every shot um so like you mentioned before this is a, a six part a six part miniseries um mm-hmm. and if it ends up not being a miniseries we're just gonna ignore 
right any we're only watching this one regardless <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to get the sequel we're um, done but it's six episodes and they're like half an hour long um sums up to almost a three-hour runtime it's uh it would be it would be a big ask to have us be uh super granular with each episode mm-hmm. and there's not a lot in like a lot of those like the final episode to just jump ahead and light spoilers the final episode is mostly a fight scene or a mm-hmm. series of fight scenes so there's not like much ground to cover there anyways um yeah but well they're the, short episodes they tend to be very one note each episode so i think we can sum them up pretty good yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um every everyone has like a, a like a central plot point that it's dealing with um you were saying before they're including a character in this uh from tekken 7 so this mini series is covering the events of tekken 3 right um yeah which I was ever a Tekken guy. We've kind of went over this in the previous Tekken movie. Um, so I'm like vaguely familiar with these characters. I think Kazi is the person I'm most familiar with because I played him a lot in Smash. But all these other people I know basically through the consumption of this uh, ex- uh, the, the, this this extracurricular uh, media, yeah. not the games themselves. Yeah. But I do think this was a pretty truthful like interpretation of Tekken 3 in the way that I also like, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's padded it a lot more with story and I think it's stretched out stuff. It did not need to stretch out. Like mm-hmm. you could play all of Tekken three in less than an hour. I'm pretty sure. And, and get the same story out of it. Um, if you just play Jin and go all the way through as him. Um, but it, uh, it, it, it hits all the major beats and it adds, you know, some extra context and things here and adds in that one character to, eventually have him become a callback i guess in tekken 7 um skips over a lot of characters they're they're either like shown in a a flashing sequence here or there or they're they're mentioned but not really involved in anything um but it it could have been probably two episodes shorter i think Mm. and still accomplished what it accomplished but otherwise it's pretty true to the game and that's that is a a check on a list of things that make a decent video game adaptation, I guess. Sure. Sure. We should create a rubric at some point to a be a card like, of <laughs> what, yeah. what, what is our, or bingo maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no naked shower scene in this miniseries. That's true. Yeah. We, uh, we did not fulfill the, the demands of a video game, uh, fighting, fighting game video anime. game anime. Yeah. 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 A failure really in, in the eyes of many, <laughs> at least two. Um, all right. So let's, before we we jump into episodes um let's cover because we had some difficulty with this when we were watching it let's cover the main character let's let's talk about the family tree <laughs> the mishima family tree so we're all on the same page right yeah all right so at the very top in characters that matter uh you have the kind of patriarchal figure you have heihachi mishima mm-hmm who is the antagonist of the first Tekken game. Very famous. Got the, got the big, got the big spikes. Yeah. Essentially the antagonist of everything I know about Tekken. So this one oh, that's and true. others as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of different interpersonal conflicts, it seems between characters, mm-hmm. but yeah. Uh, one of the big bads, Heihachi Mishima, we have his son, uh, Kazuya, uh, K- K- Kazuya Mishima. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's favorite bad boy. He's got the demon blood. He's got that devil gene. He's gonna he's gonna sprout wings sometimes. Um, <laughs> he is married to, or I guess in a relationship with, uh, 
Uh, a, a banging relationship, Dylan, please. <laughs> yes, yes. According to the, the weird... The Reddit, the R. Tekken subreddit. <laughs> the R. R Tekken subreddit family tree you found. There is a, lines that say banging with... Um, he is banging with June Kazuma. Yes. Right? Uh, and they have a son together, Jin Kazuma. And the confusion mm-hmm. is because Jin and his father do not share the same surname and this is just for the protagonists right like that's the, there's plenty of other characters but that whole right. line so you have the, the you know the grandson the son and then the man the myth the legend heihachi mishima um so that all that's all cleared up uh we stumble into this first episode with june and jin living together Jin's kind of a teenager. He's being beat up by local bullies, whatever, whatever. Uh, June is trying to teach him to be a nice, good boy. Could, could uh, I just sum up this episode with a single statement? Absolutely. Which is, is mom woman teaches male victim how to do magic punches, but not magic punches enough to survive Aztec demon. Yeah, that's, that's fair. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's this episode in a nutshell there. Um, so yeah, like you're saying, he's getting beat up by kids he he is able to defend himself though uh and and defeat not one but three uh bullies who who are attacking him at which point his mom um who is at first listed only as woman in the subtitles to his male victim in the subtitles um but and his then mom later only only called mom so you yes. literally don't know her name for the first uh, episode if you have yeah, no not familiarity episode two. <laughs> yeah um but uh she has been teaching him martial arts uh, in the Kazuma, Kazama, Kaza- Kazama, Kazama style uh, martial arts, which are very like defensive, reactive. Use your opponent against themselves. You know, use their yes. weight and their their power against them. Um, and she can, she can do a kick that makes her entire body fall slower through the <laughs> air than a leaf, uh-huh. and somehow that's gonna be a good thing <laughs> i don't know i don't know why exactly but she could make herself slow fall um oh is that why <laughs> no that doesn't add up i was gonna say why uh Kazu- kazuya is not dead because but he didn't learn that from her so that wouldn't make sense yeah no. um yeah uh anyways <laughs> Yeah, she fall, She can somersault through the air and do like a high kick on top of someone's head. But sometimes she can just cancel out of it. Just be like, actually, I don't want to do that. And then just yeah. kind of like reverses it and lands right. uh, on her feet. Gravity defying kicks. Um, yes. Which is so funny to me because at some point in a later episode, after like she can do gravity defying kicks, Hihachi shoots lightning out of his hands. Uh, there are literal like devil people in this world. Uh, a creature called ogre which is a a god of fighting and Hihachi at some point says their fighting abilities are almost supernatural <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like almost not quite you know like lightning is a normal natural thing right it yeah, happens yeah, in the sky just, all the time yeah <laughs> i could yeah people could do lightning just walking down the street it's nothing special right uh but jumping back <laughs> um so they start training how to fight and mm-hmm. during their training, um, they drink a lot of natural energy, natural brand. energy, which is bottled water, water <laughs> um, which gets a call back in the seventh episode uh, or six, six, I don't know, uh, numbers, six episodes. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
the secret seventh episode they're having they're having dinner they've just finished fighting and then there is a growl outside at which point immediately the mom says demon (laughs) (laughs) and uh heads outside to battle this seven or eight foot tall uh green-skinned aztec warrior um named uh ogre from the games but i don't think they say his name until the next episode um the the battle you know she wants Jin to stay back the ogre is this devastatingly strong opponent throwing her all around um ultimately Jin does join in the fight but only briefly before he's smacked away and uh <laughs> the their house gets damaged and a gas line breaks um which somehow just her heightened awareness i guess as a as a uh almost her, her supernatural sp- fighter her spider June sense is able to uh recognize that that is going to lead to an explosion she armbar like uh leg grabs ogre and holds him in place and tells Jin to find his grandfather before she gets blown up and so does ogre and that's the full episode one. <laughs> that's it. That's all yep. the stuff that matters. Um, so now he is on a quest uh, over the next episode to find his his grandpa um, and uh, and start learning how to get vengeance against Ogre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, how to tap into that demon blood. Um, so he gets caught by some security guard trying to break into this uh skyscraper business high rise and so the people purposefully escort him into an elevator to some security floor i guess are they going to execute him how like what is what is the what is the purpose of bringing him into the building if they are not going to meet his needs but while they're in the in the elevator he tells the security guards like i am looking for my grandfather he's like well he probably doesn't work here because no grandpas work here. Uh, we're ages here at Mishima <laughs> Zaibatsu. Yeah. I Honestly, I took that line less about being about a grandfather and more being about uh, him seeing that kid as like low class and like, oh, yeah. you could not be related to someone who works here in this corporate office. Yes, they, they literally refer to him as a street rat Yeah, uh, in one scene over. But he, he tells the guard that he's like, I am the grandson of hey hachi mishima and he's like oh whoa, whoa, oh, I, oh i do want to talk about the anime reactions i know it's a trope i know it is such a thing to do the like <gasps> moments throughout anime and you know like I, there's a way where i can accept it as just being part of the 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 genre but this fucking kid this 15 year old <laughs> kid reacts to his mother saying his name like he is completely shocked like it is a revelation that shatters his life never heard his name before yeah and and he does it constantly i i mean it just feels to me lazy which is why i have a problem with it because he has two expressions that well he does some laughing with his mom in the early episode but after that it is literally he is angry or he is surprised at every single turn that that's all he has that's the two versions of Jin that there are yes and it, it's so obnoxious watching him react surprised to the littlest pieces of information that right because it's, it, it's never anything it, it's it can range from something that is like earth shattering 
like right. knowledge to just like a factoid that he's probably privy to and just yeah the laundry room is down the hall <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like that that's the thing is yeah it is it is those extremes for no matter what the context of the information is whereas any kind of variety would have made it more believable if just sometimes he was like mm-hmm, i understand even as boring as that is it would be something more than one or the other you know binary reactions to everything mm. this this miniseries really broke nick in a lot of ways because there is this <laughs> aspect to it there was the gratuitous amount of flashbacks to god uh, i was throwing my hands in the air jin's <laughs> jin's training um yeah there's there was there's a lot happening here but he he uh, tells the security guard that he is heihachi's grandson so they escort him to see heihachi and heihachi doesn't want anything to do with him until he reveals that his mother was killed by a green monster and heihachi (laughs) yeah did you say green um and then he reveals that that green monster is ogre this mesoamerican aztec god um and so he's like i will train you to defeat this ogre and then the training begins. Yeah, he becomes his grandpa, teacher, student, friend, and lover. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Which is, I, I guess, intended to be a lesson like, no matter who it is, you must trust them. But he, he kicks, he, he tells Jin, today we're going to train only fists because you need to learn how to defend yourself at a disadvantage. And then he kicks Jin in the chest, and he's like, "You said only fists," and he said, "I said you can only use fists." <laughs> and uh, and uh, so so then he he gives these lectures, and that is really all what lesson two or episode two is is just lecture after lecture coming from Hihachi. Um, but he starts the lecture by saying, "No matter who you are in the ring with, if it is me." your teacher, your student, your friend, your lover. Uh, but it, it just comes across like he is yes. implying that he is all of those things. It is, it is an eat shoots and leaves problem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, perfect. Where are the commas, Hihachi? <laughs> um, but uh, th- it is that lesson and the lesson that we hear not just over and over again in this episode, but in the next four episodes as well, that he must eliminate the Kazama in him and only leave the Mishima. He's going to destroy whatever Kazama is in him and retrain him on Mishima technique. And he must not only fight with Mishima, but win with Mishima to which he (gasps) (laughs) looks shocked and opens his eyes wide. And, uh, just, (laughs) I never thought I'd win. Right. Right. Um, but the the plan we find out by the end of this like long 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 training montage this was my least favorite episode because it just went on dragged so much um is four years have passed Jin is nearly ready um and from day one uh Hihachi has had a plan to bring back the king of iron fist tournament which would uh essentially summon ogre back he's he's he believes that Jin has this devil gene that his father had in him and that his when when Jin fights it sort of calls to ogre because he's looking for the fighting devil gene 
because what they don't ever say in this, but Ogre is a god of fighting. He is he's sort of bound to that supernaturally. Um But I guess Ogre's like just out there in the world at this point in time. And hey, Hachi and Jin have been fighting each other, and Jin has been fighting other characters along the way as part of his training yes. for four years. And none of those fights were enough to summon Ogre, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I don't know what the... I mean, like, it's obviously what he taps into that demon power. That right. Does but, it, but... But he could have tapped into that at any moment by accident, right? Sure. And he does do it, like, I think with his final training fight with Heihachi, which... Yes. Is that not enough to summon him? It's... Right. Yeah, the rules here, very vague yeah. and Ogre not at all only arrive consistent. precisely when he means to. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, they show like a brief fight with Huarang and, um, uh, was it Zhao Yu, uh, as the girl he goes to yeah. the school with and she like kicks him in the back cause he wasn't expecting to, to fight this lady. Um, but yeah, and there's also this pendant. Let's not forget the pendant. Oh, I had the, <laughs> the very, the very important pendant. Um, so Heihachi brings, uh Jin to a business dinner uh in the office Heihachi wearing like a, a just a a giant suit that is struggling to contain his enormous form this man is like probably pushing 6570 and is there are no <laughs> clothes that can contain him every part of his his body is just the largest it could possibly be and meanwhile Jin is just in his street clothes yeah, like a hoodie. Just, yeah, yeah, he sweated into at the gym. Um, but this guy comes in, says that he managed to get this pendant for them. It's like this giant gold medallion with some jewels laden in it. And he's like, "Oh, I want some more money for this." And Heihachi is like, "Ha, no!" And then tells Jin to fight this man. Yeah, uh, and break his arm <laughs> to to and possibly kill him because he's yeah. like, "You need to finish him," which I would take to mean he wants him to kill him. But it looks like he just right. like pummels him unconscious. Yeah, too much Mortal Kombat in our lives, I guess, where we assume that. Yeah, <laughs> it does yeah, seem like so. he wants me to kill him. Rip his heart out of his chest. Yeah. Fatality. But the the pendant will will come to play later, and and in Heihachi desired to acquire it. Mm-hmm. Um, the next episodes. We're on episode three now. The next episode deals with the beginning of the King of Iron Fist tournament, and also. Uh, Jin learning a lot about his dad via other people complaining about how shitty his dad was. Yeah. <laughs> what an asshole. I'm glad he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause apparently there is a rumor that Heihachi had Kazuya killed. Um, not confirmed either which way within the context of this miniseries, but that's what everyone believes. Everyone believes that he's dead. Well, he did try killing him multiple times, regardless of whether <laughs> he had him killed or not. He, sure, he sure. certainly has not. It's on the record that he's tried. Dro- dropped off of many cliff faces <laughs> right. into many volcanoes. Um, but we get a bunch of the the kind of tertiary characters in this. We have how Ha Rang shows up again. Uh, Zhao Yu shows up again. We have a character called Paul Phoenix. Paul Phoenix. Which I just kept calling knockoff Guile because he literally has Guile's hair. Yeah, it's not wide. It's just all tall. So it just goes straight up into a flat top. 
Um, I guess people call it like pencil head and th- different names were mm-hmm. on the internet, but there is a rumor I cannot substantiate because I only read it in one place, but I think it's fun enough to talk about that. Basically they were trying to do something different with his hair and uh, a, a, a glitch in development just kind of caused the model to spike the hair straight up. <laughs> and then they were like, Oh, that's fun. Let's just leave that. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like necessarily a direct guy, although they had to know when they did that. Yeah. Um, that looks pretty similar. Yeah, but I uh, mean, ogre, ogre also looks very similar to Blanca. So there's a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of well, cross green, here. green tough guys, I guess. Yeah, big hair and orange, that's true. orange hair. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, uh, but also in Tekken Seven, apparently you can do something. I didn't look too far into it, but you could do something that makes um, Paul's hair grow. <laughs> after every fight so it just well, keeps great. getting taller and taller and taller and it like has physics so it wobbles around and stuff i i really <laughs> i want to see well, that at some point i'm glad the the folks over at bandai namco are having fun yeah oh, that's like, let's put a let's put a kangaroo in let's put a bear in like whatever yes. like let's just at least they do call out how ridiculous the bear is in this they don't show the bear fight which is unfortunate that, that would have been too good but they do call out uh, that a bear fight is going to happen Yes, they have like an opening ceremony for all the fighters and it's showing like normal looking humans and then there's King who is the guy that always wears the leopard head or jaguar head um, as his mask and then there is just a bear and then there is that weird samurai insectoid looking dude. I didn't catch his name. It was very long. Yoshimitsu. uh, he's, He's just a samurai. I don't think he has any like alien parts to him of any kind in like under the mask or anything but he's wearing like a silver mask yeah but it's like all armor too that matches and it looks like he has like oh yeah yeah some, for sure some sort of spandex that makes it look like he has like exposed musculature but yes um mm-hmm. all the suit um uh, just a weird suit a lot of a lot of uh uh theatricality here for mm-hmm. some reason um so yeah so uh Jin is carpooling with some of the fighters. Nina Williams is here. If you remember her from the first Tekken movie we watched, um, unsure what her age is because that first Tekken movie took place before Jin was born. So she has to be like 40 or 50 at this point. Still a very attractive woman has not aged day. <laughs> very like, you know, the life of a, of a trained fighter. Yeah. It does do well for, you. for the skin. Yeah, it, it's it's impossible to say because like there's no official timeline. There's a fan timeline that puts it like the first one in '95 and the last one in 2017. So somewhere in between is where this would fall. In and we know that Jin is approximately 19 years old. So assuming you put his birth pretty close to the first game, 19 which is years, a big leap. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, for sure. Um, but we we really don't know where things fall technically i guess yeah um so that's the that's the third episode is really just like getting everyone to the tournament having people be caught up we get several cg 3d or 360 panoramic shots of (laughs) Jin standing on the top of the coliseum where the where the tournament will take place and he's staring up at this mountain and for some reason the mountain has heihachi's face carved into it yeah well i mean i i the some reason is just haihachi's arrogance right like that that's not the part that bothers me even though it looks bad yeah the the constant reuse of these 3d sweeps 
that that are nauseating to look at and and add nothing to the story or how you tell a story like it's just over and over again look at this we've got the technology <laughs> and we've got the time yeah. but but not too much time because this 3d model if you look at it too closely not <laughs> the best awful. <laughs> yeah. yeah i i very disappointing yeah um uh episode four uh, I have subtitled this one episode four colon Jin's internal conflicts because here we see his his rising concerns of yeah. being taught the Mishima way. I I titled this one the best way to honor your mother is to forget everything your mother taught you <laughs> because that is Hihachi's lesson for Jin during yes. this episode. I mean he has been trained that for four years right so right. It's, uh, that's a that's a lot of repetition. But he's pretty direct about it at this point where he's like, if you wish to honor your mother, you must forget everything about her. <laughs> yes. You must take away none of the important lessons she taught you. Yeah. Um, another character we are introduced to is Leroy Smith. Um, mm-hmm. person, like you said before, the person, the character that is first introduced in Tekken seven, but they have kind of backfilled retconned into this one. Um, he seems to have an ongoing vendetta with Heihachi. They don't really go into it much. Uh, so I guess that's like a real kind of for the fans or like you said, like a, a, uh, uh, kind of laying the groundwork if they were to come back and do a second right. season. Of that's this. what it feels like to me. Yeah. It's like, we have more story to tell with him. But he really does not like Heihachi and considers Jin just to be uh, a one of Heihachi's lackeys. Heihachi, meanwhile, kind of has just a giant surveillance network <laughs> in this yeah. entire uh, tournament grounds made up of a bunch of drones. So he's just spying on this conversation with one of the drones and tells his assistant, hey, have have Jin fight that fucker for his mm-hmm. first fight. Um, so we get that fight. Uh, between Leroy and Jin. Um, should we talk about the motion graphics, the in-universe motion graphics for yeah, the tournament? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, they use basically the Tekken font, maybe right. the it, Tekken tag tournament font. It looks really like see. it belongs right in an arcade game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they have either a giant screen that projects this or like the drones can make holograms. Yeah, I think it's holograms. It looks free-floating. There's a shot where it's just, I think it's Jin and Leroy standing, facing one another before they're fighting. In the background, it's just a floating King of Iron Fist tournament logo yeah. in the sky above the, the Coliseum. And it's like, wh- okay, why is that just there? <laughs> yeah. Incongruous with the like ancient, you know, ruins of this Coliseum. It's, it's yes. this yeah like disrespectful uh, honestly high <laughs> high tech no I, i'm not gonna go that far but i i think it uh it, it is weird i do think it's in universe i think it is it, probably a projected hologram in universe um but it did make me wonder if at some point we were gonna see like health bars show up and like <laughs> like flash to, we do at different times see like people watching this tournament on tv elsewhere in the world and taking bets yeah. and stuff and I thought we were going to get like an overlay on one of those TV shots and <laughs> have it have it look much more video gamey. They never did that far. They had that much restraint mm-hmm. <laughs> to not do that. It says round two over yeah, top. Yeah. The uh, I think in terms of game accuracy, I think I did. And this is very sm- small. And again, all of most of my tech and knowledge comes from Smash Brothers. Uh, <laughs> they do. There, there is a fight where the 
the form that Jin is using feels very accurate to kind of what Kazuya uses in his his uh, attacks in in Smash Brothers, um, and also like yeah. every time a blow lands, you get the little like kind of gelatinous looking sparks. I don't know how to describe them, but they feel weirdly like metaphysical but they spark yeah. off whenever uh, a blow lands which is very and we accurate also added on blocks too which would look like the video game where you get like that little energy shield almost um, yeah when a block would come up yeah so I, I like those little details so if nothing else they they got those parts right they they also you see a lot of characters use their like classic moves in this like king doing the uh like behind the back i don't know i don't know move names know. but it's like a I want to say Some it's like a, a pile suplex. driver. Yeah, yeah. A pile driver behind his back. That is like canonically a move he can do in the games, you know. So you get a lot of that um, throughout the fights, which is good. I, I definitely like feel like this was made by someone who appreciates the games fully. And that it puts it so much further above other media we have here. I just wish it were shorter. That is really the biggest and, and looked better, I guess, too, because yeah. I'm not a fan of the style appreciates the games and or really took to heart the notes that bandai namco gave them (laughs) also possible um so he fights leroy smith they are kind of going at it a lot of these fights it's i don't know is there a lot of back and forth in 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 these fights i i know Jin basically has a trump card the entire time right like if he taps into his his devil, devil gene, gene which we talked will, about we're like he's basically cheating right he can always go into this final thing uh i think the huarang fight was probably the one that felt the most like it had a uh is that this episode or the next episode am i am i, I can't remember okay um, we're gonna put it together if it isn't okay um that's the one that felt the most like there was a chance for Jin to be challenged he gets punched through like a concrete or stone wall at some point and the whole wall breaks and you see it's like a foot and a half thick so like that's a pretty serious punch and then he immediately gets up and is fine because he's activated the devil gene so it is like oh okay so they really will not allow him to be hurt at all in these fights um well like i said most of the most of the conflict comes internally right so in the leroy fight he is fighting him and from his teachings of heihachi it's basically like you got to take it to the limit and so he he activates the devil gene and and shatters Leroy's leg with a kick and which ends the fight and Jin wins. But this guy is like in traction, basically like might never walk or fight again. Um, And then he, he comes to regret that. And then, so when he goes into the Huarang fight, he, uh, he he keeps pulling himself back and so he gets pummeled at the beginning because he doesn't want to unleash himself and then when he gets thrown through that wall he starts to do it and then knocks huarang down and is about to like do like just drive an elbow through his face to like kill him or whatever and stops himself last minute mm-hmm. he's like you know winner buys the beers because you know he still has this friendship and rivalry with huarang and he doesn't want to kill this guy right for multiple right. reasons murder's bad also it's his friend also he had a flashback to his mom which is yes it's important that's the most important part if you have a flashback to your mom like that's you know you remember kill someone right after flashing back to your mom come on yeah 
if Although you flash he does back, in the next episode. <laughs> if you flash back to natural energy brand water, you you really that's yes. a sacred thing. <laughs> that is that is such a bizarre moment in the flashback. So these flashbacks are of course to things we have watched within the last two hours because we are binging this whole thing. So it's obnoxious and they will in the same exact episode. I think it's more in the next one than this one, but in the same exact episode, they will flashback to the same moment multiple times. Yeah. We got flashbacks of Haihachi telling him to destroy the Kazama and leave only the Mishima fire. As he says, uh, multiple times in the same episode and it it like it hurts because they're just filling runtime it's like what are you doing we know the lessons because first of all it's not a very complicated lesson it's not like you've taught him something genuinely like you know motivational or genuinely insightful it's just you repeating some bullshit and now you're doing it again and again these are the things that make me hate this. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is like, it feels um, like it's just there to pad runtime. Like, I yeah. don't know, like audience members, like you, you made, you, you made the devil's advocate argument. Yeah. And it's like, if you're, if you're not binging this, I got the devil gene, you got the devil gene, you got the devil's advocate gene. Yeah. If you're, if you're not binging this, then maybe you need that reminder, but also it's not a highly complicated, like plot line. No, so not at all. I don't think you need to be reminded of this. It's so funny because I, I I feel a little bad how I responded to it, but it, <laughs> we're, we're really bleeding into the fifth episode here now. In the fight in the fifth episode, uh, when, you know, Jin must ultimately um, take on the, the, the last fighter in the tournament and then gets challenged by Hihachi after the tournament is over, um, he he has to not only fight Hihachi with uh, his, his uh, Mishima style, but he must rely on what he was told to get rid of his Kazama style. And that that's so blatantly obvious. And Dylan, like in the first episode, he's like, Oh, he's going to have to use that. And then when it happened, you were like, see, I told you. And I feel a little bad, but I was like, yeah, no shit. Dylan. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the only way this goes. Like, this is not a grand revelation. It, it was so clearly telegraphed that that's what it would be. Um, and that I think that's the problem I have in these kinds of media in general is they're so trope driven. Like I we I brought up Cobra Kai because it has you think a they're very trope driven. <laughs> Cobra Kai is you know modeled very similarly without demons and without devil blood and things like that, but about that idea of like oh defensive style versus aggressive style and these two old masters who won't uh, recognize that there's value to both and the kids who are like, well, what if we start blending and borrowing from both styles um, and, uh, and taking the best of each. And, and that's all this is, this is the same thing. And and there's a thousand other, you know, martial arts movies and shows and video games that have done the same thing. Yeah. If you, if you allow me this, this slight indulgence, um, Mm, please, I remember, I remember talking to someone recently about martial arts, um, and I, I I don't have much knowledge of martial arts uh, as a whole, but they were talking about um, the the style that uh, Bruce Lee developed, um, which he purposely did not want to give a name to 
Mm-hmm. Um, because he basically wanted to break out of the system that you're talking about of like having all of these different types of martial arts with their like regimented forms and whatnot. Right. He wanted to create a style that was more that was all about being reactive to whatever the yeah. enemy like was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, be like, like natural they, energy. <laughs> be like natural energy. <laughs> um, but yeah, it reminds me of that. How eventually he was just like, you know, the style I'm developing, which I don't want to call a style, is all about just reacting to what the 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 other person does, and like it doesn't even have like actual concrete moves that you learn. It's just like trying. To, it's like a mindset, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it is interesting. I wonder how much of that was also like in response to being part of that martial art film kind right. of culture of yeah. I, I think probably uh, considerable, yeah. Yeah. But so to knock out some of these other fights, uh, Zhao Yu uh, goes up against Nina, mm-hmm. um, which Jin goes, watch out, Zhao Yu. Uh, she's a killer. And Zhao Yu's like, I think assassin. I can take her. Yeah. He is, no, she is a literal killer. And she's like, oh, okay. And gets all plucky, though she does win. Um, kind of going into the fifth episode, like you said, we have... Uh, um, King, who is eventually going to be the person going up against Jin in the finals, takes out Zhao Yu, takes out Phoenix. Um, we learn that this King is not the original King, that the original King was killed by Ogre, uh, mm-hmm. and this one kind of picked up the mantle and wants to get the money to open an orphanage yes. from the winnings of the tournament. Yeah, which I'm pretty sure if you play his ending in Tekken 3 is what he does. Uh, okay it felt yeah. a little shoehorned within the context of this story yeah well he's just presented as like the mysterious fighter in you know uh, in three and you don't know why he's there and that kind of thing and then at the end he's like got kids up on his shoulders and yeah he's opened up a, an orphanage nice and he um and so we learn also so this uh, other woman julia chang who's a character from the games uh openly attacks heihachi uh near the like fighter trailers there's just like a line of trailers for each fighter to like Mm -hmm. stay in and openly fights him because apparently the pendant that he acquired was stolen from julia's mother so she's mad about that and i guess there's an implication that she was killed in order to get it or something like that um so we learn through this conversation because Jin comes in to intercede and stop the fight that uh heihachi actually unleashed ogre through some machinations in the past yeah, also never not really explained clear. as to how no. yeah but he wants to use this pendant to stop him and basically imprison ogre for his own nefarious whatever schemes yeah, yeah. unexplained <laughs> schemes yeah yeah um we get like brief a brief uh um cameo from that russian doctor russian scientist man bj blaskowitz (laughs) yeah exactly thank you Um, i don't know his name (laughs) aaron brockovich and uh so yeah they're building basically like a containment cell for ogre when he shows up again um so so hey turns out heihachi not fully altruistic not just trying to help Jin avenge his mother who to thunk um but they make this pendant seem like it's going to be like a magical device to be used to imprison ogre and it's more just like a gps yeah that tells you where ogre is and and by the way 
it doesn't like illuminate to alert you that ogre is coming until the entire sky turns green <laughs> and a vortex opens that right. drops ogre into like this early warning system gave you a second of extra warning right 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 uh, it's like if the national weather service called me after a hurricane happened yeah I'm like by the way <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you noticed but your house is gone so Jin fights king uh taps into his uh devil gene a little bit to defeat king but because Jin is ultimately a good guy you know he's got that mm-hmm. evil he's got that good like fighting against one another he beats mm-hmm. king doesn't beat him to a bloody pulp and also says i'm gonna give you the winnings from the tournament so you can open that orphanage price money is yours i don't care about it and Heihachi gets super pissed because he's like, I don't want my money going towards an orphanage and jumps down from the, the you know, the, 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 the executive box and yeah. goes, you, actually, to finish, to actually win the tournament, you have to fight me. To which, which the gets announce, the best reaction. <laughs> to which the announcer goes, uh, oh, look, yeah, the, the, so uh, Jin Kazuma now has to fight Heihachi Mishima, which was he's, the plan He's so the much more time. flabbergasted than that, though. He's like, uh, 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 <laughs> 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 there's like a prolonged moment of him just stuttering trying to figure out what to say to this which yeah, i love which is I actually which is that. which is wild from a, a you know broadcast professional <laughs> yes having to having to think on their feet you think they he'd be more prepared for that um especially since hasn't heihachi literally done this before every Just time been like surprise you're gonna fight me now every time um so heihachi and Jin fight and heihachi they don't say this explicitly which i like but i assume heihachi the reason he is jumping down to fight Jin is because Jin didn't activate his devil gene enough to actually summon yes uh, ogre so he's purposely gonna get himself in a fight he even says if you won't um he, he says something like if ogre doesn't come for you then i will kill you myself ah yes that's so, right yeah is, is him saying all this getting televised to all these people <laughs> him like we yeah. like <laughs> verbally <laughs> no saying idea. he's going to murder someone on on live television is it, it would it even matter like who's gonna stop him he has in the video games he has like his own private army um, oh so well i guess in the first so, movie he did too on that island yeah i get yeah he had a whole facility real real yeah. m bison vibes here yeah um i'm sorry if there are any tekken fans listening that are super offended i keep comparing street fighter but all but these street fighter games, came first so yeah but also all <laughs> these fighting games blend together for me like i have nothing yes. to do but compare them to one another because i have you, no yeah attachment i i think from the outsider perspective as an outsider myself of course so maybe i'm giving us a break but i think that is the case like i think they all from the outside you have to really know them to know the differences and you know they're there but you still can't you, you, you can't you just disagree that it, the man. similarities are surface level you don't get it they're distinct kazi isn't ryu come on they're like does ryu have demon blood no he just get, grows a beard takes his shirt off when he's evil yeah right <laughs> anyways so heihachi and Jin fight um Jin activates the devil gene beats heihachi he does use his mother's style, though, the Kazama style. Yes. Does the backflip, the somersault. Does a slow fall kick to the head. <laughs> yeah. Don't understand how that's beneficial. <laughs> and then Heihachi goes, Kazama style. Hmm. Yeah. 
but but he does i i small moments of characterization i do enjoy is that he says the ultimate betrayal maybe you really are a mishima which is like he's like oh you you're using everything at your disposal that is what i taught you you know like right i don't know i it's he's a shitty character but i enjoy that um in the only way you know when characters are being beaten or have taken more damage is because they get more scuff marks on them so heihachi heihachi gets a lot of scuff marks on him and that summons the ogre from the sky so like you said sky turns green big Mm -hmm. like kind of portal forms in the clouds and down descends this aztec god of fighting um that has a french european name for some reason yeah yeah (laughs) and and that you know cut the black next episode final episode is basically just them mostly Jin fighting fighting ogre yep uh um I titled that, this episode Mishima Fire. Mishima, <laughs> gotta light that Mishima Fire. Gotta get that Mishima Fire under your ass. Um, this plays out like every finale in every fighting game movie we've seen before. Yeah. Is there even really any I depth mean, the big to beats cover? Are he taps into his he he combines the two fighting styles, so he really beats Hihachi with Kazama style, but then beats Ogre with a combined fighting style of uh and it has flashbacks where his mom is like you have to know when to defend and when to go on offense like he's learning that lesson from her but knowing like oh pull on both of these things okay um and then after he does deal a a devastating blow to ogre Hihachi comes up and is like okay contain this thing right away and Jin says, don't bother. I fucking killed him. <laughs> like, he <laughs> is dead. Um, to which uh, Hihachi is at first maybe a little disappointed, but then Ogre's mouth opens. He screams a laser beam up into the sky. And then true Ogre uh, forms out of this uh, where he essentially becomes this, like, snake-armed, yeah. winged, horned demon monster. Um, and at Chimeric. that point all of the characters aside from Hihachi begin to fight um, true ogre. So they, they join in and it's like a, you know, a big group fight. Now mm-hmm. everybody gets to do, do their cool powers. Um, Phoenix does a like yeah, fireball kind of thing. And um, I don't know. I can't remember all of them, but you know, everyone's everyone gets to pull off their, their supernatural abilities. And uh, ultimately, you know, I, I the the f- final hits don't ring as being like memorable to me, but Jin is of course the one to deliver like whatever final blows that take out True Ogre. Mm-hmm. Is this where he fully goes into his demon form, or is that not yet? Af- not yet. Okay. Yeah, but you do get some flashes to that demon form, like in a dark place, like caged up with bound in chains. Um. So after True Ogre is destroyed, um. Jin's eyes are like glowing red. He's, you know, he's really tapped into it, but he hasn't fully changed. Um, to which Hihachi says, you know, oh, you've got the same curse as your father. And uh, Jin says, maybe not curse. Maybe it's my power. Maybe this is what I, you know, I'm destined to do. And he's like, ah, oh, you really are just like him then. And I guess you'll have to suffer the same fate. And he reaches into his gi and pulls <laughs> out a gun and shoots him <laughs> dead in the chest, just point blank. Um, which I do love. Like 
the 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 movie Wizards is a uh, animated like post apocalyptic fantasy sci fi collaboration or uh, co- combination, uh, and is one of my favorite movies of all time. And ends with this big wizard duel where one of them just reaches into his robe and pulls out a gun, and it's the best fucking thing in the world. And this this is that again. It's it's so good. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is straight out of the video game too. Uh, the end cut scene for. Um, Jin's story is that Hihachi pulls a gun on him and shoots him and I think this is like the only time we really see we see like little bits of blood on the mouth and some spitting blood but this is like a a blood splatter when he gets shot it's like a real like oh fuck he's dead Mm -hmm. moment Um, and all of his friends react and you know are angry and and whatever Um, but then we go to the body and full on demon Jin devil Jin is is released um, he has like an internal internal vision, like a you know, yeah, right. Go end ahead. of life, life flashing before his eyes, where he's holding a picture of his mother that's holding him as a baby, and he sees like his mother in front of him, and he's surrounded by natural energy. He's like standing in a giant yes. sea of, of natural energy, <laughs> yeah, and perfectly he, mirroring the sky above him. Yes, <laughs> yes, um, the, the way only natural energy can do. And he tells his mother, like, he's sorry. And he basically, like, in his projection, his astral projection, he Mm -hmm. burns up the picture of his mother and his mother's form dissipates in front of him. And that's, like, him basically embracing the the devil gene, right? And and discarding, like, his his mother's uh, uh, request for balance and restraint in himself. So he grows big gnarly wings and claw hands and grabs uh Hihachi by the head and throws him into some rubble and beats the shit out of him in a way that just <laughs> doesn't compare having seen Invincible where you see someone getting beaten to like literal pulpy state <laughs> mm-hmm. um and you kind of expect that because you're just seeing like the the it's the reverse shot away from the person who's being hit so you're just seeing fists yeah. come down and um and hearing like very wet smacking sounds yeah, just squelches <laughs> yeah so you're thinking oh god when they show him if they show him like maybe they'll just not even show him. maybe he'll just be like buried in rubble um but when they show him it's gonna be so gnarly and then they do turn and show Hihachi, and he's just got more scratches on his face it's nothing yeah <laughs> just a few more scuff marks um but his friends call to him and try to like pull Jin back from this you know over the edge moment and instead of instead of fully stopping what he does is snatch the pendant throw that back to the person who that belongs to throw Hihachi one more time and then take off into the night sky flying towards the moon as a silhouette this winged winged creature um and that's the last we you know we'll see of him until Tekken 4 when this series comes back (laughs) (laughs) we'll see I guess again Netflix Netflix has a penchant for right canceling is is their favorite thing to do right uh and this seems to be definitely in that kind of uh limbo state where it's like they never said it was like an ongoing series so they don't have to worry about canceling it it's just like oh it's its own one-off thing which is great for us because we don't have to watch any more of this nick yeah but i'll be retroactively disappointed if it does continue (laughs) and then i didn't have to watch this one Well, we'll just I'll just slide a, a twenty over to Reed Hastings and make sure he doesn't yeah. put it out. Don't renew that series. <laughs> Here's just enough money to keep you happy. You, you billionaire. <laughs> yeah. 
the cost of one more month of my subscription. <laughs> I'm a paying customer. You have to bring back the live action Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, final thoughts on this. I, I, you know, it was a little too long, and it it just wasn't it wasn't good enough to remark on. It wasn't bad enough to be funny uh too much but it was it was fine and i think if you're a fan of the games you probably get the story that you came for um told with a little extra detail right better than the original ps1 cutscenes that it came with so yeah but you don't get heihachi throwing Jin's unconscious body out of a helicopter True. which is right yeah that is really the fun of playing the game multiple times and in this he, yeah he has a real knack of like throwing his children his children's his children offspring. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so in, in if you play Haihachi all the way through the end, what happens is Ogre, like, defeats Jin, or I guess maybe Haihachi defeats Jin and knocks him out is probably how it plays, and then Haihachi has to fight Ogre instead. After Haihachi defeats Ogre and true Ogre, he takes Jin on, like, a, a helicopter out of the, the scene, um, presumably to contain him or experiment on him or benefit from Jin's power that's in there or whatever with the devil gene i don't know what his his motivations are there's no there's no dialogue um but Jin starts to transform into the devil form on the helicopter and just like again with no dialogue with no no ceremony he just goes oh this is bad scoops his arm (laughs) under him stands up walks to the side of the helicopter and chucks him out (laughs) and that's it yeah he'll probably survive but i hope he doesn't i mean assuredly he will but yeah like (laughs) it's just such a funny idea to be like "Uh oh here's my one trick let's go back to it i tried this with your dad that didn't work i think you covered it well enough it's like it's it's not as bad as it could be Mm -hmm. this series um it is weird how much just latent video game lore I am accruing just from watching all of this stuff for this guy. I don't give a yeah. shit about Tekken. It was like, it was interesting enough to like learn stuff, but now it's just going to be like in my head now. Yeah. Now you know this. Now, if I'm ever talking to a Tekken super fan, I'll be able to be talk at least somewhat on the level with them. And they'll be like, Oh, you love Tekken? I was like, no, I've never played it, but, but I run this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> but I have a sickness that I have yes. to keep at bay by watching terrible video game adaptations speaking of are you ready for our next one nick hell yeah hell yeah well we're going to hell kind of uh uh i have nothing else with the segue i'll be honest i don't know why i was enthusiastic (laughs) i don't actually feel it i think you'll be somewhat enthusiastic because this next one we're going back to everyone's favorite video game auteur uve bull just in time for Halloween. That's right. We're watching Alone in the Dark. Da, da, da. All right. Well, yes, that famous Alone in the Dark theme Nick just replicated that everyone knows <laughs> and love. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.